Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. And welcome to episode 224 of the Sports Yak Podcast. Oh, that's the Catfish Hunter episode. Catfish Hunter! Catfish Hunter, terrific pitcher for the Oakland A's World Series teams of the 70s. Hated Charlie Finley, couldn't wait to get out of there, went to the Yankees, had himself a terrific career, unfortunately passed away because of ALS. Uh, but he did win 224 games in his big league career, including a perfect game in 1968, Jim catfish hunter and i dare put him in top 20 greatest athletic names ever catfish you knew knew exactly who they were talking about when they said catfish yes yes has anyone ever taken that mantle from him with that name since then not that i can think of i can't think of another athlete nicknamed catfish i can think of some athletes who have been catfished anti teo but I can't think of any who have had the nickname Catfish. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! I've been handed documentation. It is still hot from the machine upstairs that you printed this off of. Yes. It is the Big Ten football schedule. Chuck yesterday was saying, let's go. Crickets by the lake. And now, and now we have it. So whole lot of interesting things in this Big Ten football schedule. Let's start with the teams that we carry on Pulse FM, Indiana and Purdue. I'm looking at the IU schedule. They have kept the Friday night game with Wisconsin that they will kick off the season with, and then they have moved a bunch of games up in the conference schedule. Uh, It appears that there are two bye weeks in here for Indiana, October 3rd and November 14th. But both IU and Purdue got meat grinders off the top of the schedule. Indiana opens at Wisconsin, comes home and plays Penn State. Then Illinois comes in before they go to Ohio State. That does not sound like an auspicious start to the season for the Hoosiers. I will say after that, Minnesota and Michigan, those will be tough games. They do close out Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State, and Purdue. So there's some hope at the end, but oh my goodness, that's a tough schedule to start with. It begins September 4th, a Friday night on the road at Wisconsin. Here's the Purdue schedule. They'll open up 
at Michigan on September 5th. Come home and they play Iowa, and then they have Ohio State come into Ross-Aid Stadium. Hello. That's a pretty salty three games to start with. Go to Illinois, go to Wisconsin, and then, again, like Indiana, the schedule gets easier down the stretch. Rutgers, Minnesota, Northwestern, Nebraska, and they close at IU. But, whew, could be a little bit tough for the uh, two in-state Big Ten teams. As you look at Michigan, we already told you, they open up with Purdue. Here's the shocking thing about the Michigan schedule. And I don't understand what the Big Ten is thinking here. Ever since you and I have grown up, Corey, Michigan and Ohio State is the last game of the season. So many times it has had the Big Ten conference title riding on it. They'll play October 24th. Week or game seven for the Wolverines and Buckeyes. If you're doing detective work, why do you think that is? I have no idea. Unless... Trying to maybe stick a pin in the balloon of the excitement of that game? No. Keeping people away? I think I think the fear is... I think the fear is that by November, there might be another outbreak and they want to get that game in while they can. But they didn't do it with Indiana-Purdue course, Indiana-Purdue, other than statewide bragging rights, honestly hasn't had anything riding on it for years. And this is the one thing that Michigan would look at the the resume of Harbaugh and go, you haven't beat Ohio State yet. Yeah. That's the big glaring, what about that Buckeye game? But uh, like Northwestern and Illinois usually played at the end of the year. That's week six. Uh, Iowa and Minnesota. Let's see when those two teams play. Iowa plays Minnesota week three. I mean, some of this just makes no sense. Now, it's easy for me to sit here and criticize because I'm not part of the people that have to deal with the logistics of everything. And God bless the Big Ten. At least they're trying to put together a schedule. We'll see how this all comes together. And as I've already tweeted out today, so now that the Big Ten has put dates with opponents, you know, the way a schedule is supposed to work. Well, ACC, we're waiting. (laughs) I mean, Notre Dame doesn't even know who it's playing in a non-conference game yet. We're sitting here on August 5th. The opening weekend of the Big Ten season is exactly one month from today. And if you're a Notre Dame fan, you don't know when your opening date is, other than it's supposed to be the weekend of September 12th. You don't know who you're playing. You don't know when you're playing certain teams, other than the fact that Wake Forest came out and said the game that was scheduled for the stadium in Charlotte on September 26th between Notre Dame and Wake Forest will be played there. I'm somewhat stunned that Wake Forest is going ahead to have an off-campus game. But that's what they've decided to do. They're going to play the game with Notre Dame in Charlotte, North Carolina on the weekend of September 26th. We wait. And wait and wait some more. 
hopefully we'll have some high school football to entertain us in between then. So yesterday, the Elkhart County Athletic Directors released a statement. Well, actually, the Goshen Schools released a statement in the name of the Elkhart County Athletic Directors. They have been working with the Elkhart County Health Department on putting together some guidelines and protocols for the variety of sports that go on. And basically, the one that most people pay attention to is football. And they're allowing 25% capacity at football stadiums for the first couple of weeks of the season. And then we'll see how it goes from there. So, for instance, Elkhart and Concord, which would have produced a standing room only crowd at Jake Field in Dunlap, will be limited to, I'm guessing, about a thousand fans. Now, I'm sure parents will get first crack at tickets, parents of players. I would think uh, the band will perform, and the band you have to seat the band, and the band parents are probably going to want to come. So I don't know how many general public tickets there are going to be after you take care of all those people. What's a roster in high school football? Uh, it varies from school to school, but you're talking about a couple of big boys there, like 5A and 6A. I mean, Elkhart, Elkhart High School right now has 103 players working out in camp. Now, some of those are freshmen. So let's say for the sake of argument, you, you divide that by four. You know, three of those classes are sophomore, junior, and senior, so 75. And Concord... Typically, somewhere between 60 and 75 on its roster. So if you have 75 kids, that's 150 tickets that are accounted for there. And maybe they get four tickets per player, maybe. Uh, that hasn't I'm, been decided yet. What I'm hearing, and this is nothing official, but what I'm hearing from people is two. Two tickets per player. Because, okay, hundred. let's say you give Elkhart Central, or i got to get past this by August 21st, Let's say you give Elkhart 150 tickets. Concord, let's say they have 75, so their players get 150 tickets. Don't forget about coaches. Coaches are going to 10 on each side, so there's 20 and 20. So now we're up to a total of 340 tickets. The band at Concord is huge. Could be 100 kids in the band for all I know. So you get 100 band kits, that's 440 if they each get two parent or two tickets, that's 640 of the 1,000 allotment right there. So that 25% is the total attendance of everyone involved. That's yes. what you're saying. Now, I'm not, see, that's where I got confused. I thought you were talking stands. It is players, coaches, staff. Well, no, it's, it's the tickets associated with those. Okay. It's the stands. But I just showed you very quickly how... Almost two-thirds of that 1,000 allotment snapped up. gets snapped up. Wow. So we'll, we'll see what happens. As what, of right now, are you broadcasting that game? Uh, what time is it? Yes. As of right now, yes. Because as I continue to tell people in the building and outside of the building, I can only state this as a fact at 1016 on August 5th. By 1020, it may change. Right. There might be an email being typed out right now. <laughs> exactly. So that's 
That's what we're looking at in terms of fan attendance, and that's only in Elkhart County. I can't speak to the situation in St. Joe County. I haven't been able to get a firm answer from anybody in St. Joe County. Now, that doesn't mean the teams aren't still trying to prepare for the season. And I'm trying to get around to as many schools as I can with our work schedule here and post things on social media. So my first stop yesterday was over at Mishawaka. Keith Kinder, fully recovered from COVID, says he's fine, his family is fine. Uh, He basically felt sick for about a day, and that was about it. So he he had a very mild case, and he's very thankful for that. As he looks at his football team, one of the big stories this year in high school football is the fact that Mishawaka, a charter member of the Northern Indiana Conference, has left that league and moved into the Northern Lakes Conference. So now they'll play teams like Concord, Northwood, Plymouth, Warsaw, Wawasee. A new look. whole new look. So one of the things I asked Keith about yesterday, not only what he expects from his team this year, but what they're looking forward to in moving to the NLC. I think that we're going to be pretty good on offense. Um, I think we're going to have as good an offensive line as we've had uh, in my time here, you know, in the past decade, you know, going all the way back to like 2009, 2010. Um, defensively, we got some some question marks, but we got, a, we got some skilled guys that are pretty good in the secondary. Um, we got some new linebackers that, that got to grow up in a hurry. Um, and really, you know, as always is that and even more so this year is like the defense is always behind at the start of the year and then you take away all the summer opportunities that that we lost and we've got some catching up to do from a defensive perspective but uh, we got a really good defensive staff um, and I'm really excited about the group that we've got put together on that side of the ball coaching wise and new tests for everybody how excited are you about this new conference I think it'll be interesting you know that we've got eight new opponents if you count Elkhart um, so we open with Marion that's a common opponent that we're used to but other than that you know basically weeks two through nine are, are going to be new people and I think that's a lot of fun um, for us and, and the opportunity to get to prepare for some people. But I also think, you know, hopefully it'll provide us a little advantage that people have to prepare for us and aren't used to that. So um, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that's going to provide some very exciting matchups. Currently we have Mishawaka on the schedule twice, once at Warsaw because the former coach at Mishawaka, Bart Curtis, is the head coach at Warsaw, and he's put together a real good program down there. So that'll be a fascinating game to watch. And then Mishawaka at Northwood, two schools with tremendous football traditions who've never played. So we're looking forward to both of those. Hopefully they will happen. The second stop on my tour yesterday was over at Riley. Riley's got a very interesting situation. Uh, Their head coach for the last few years, Jarvis Edison, wants to pursue, I think he wants to be an administrator at some point, and so he needs to further his education. He sagely determined that I can't do the classes necessary to do that and coach football at the same time. (laughs) And that was even before the pandemic came out. I'll tell you right now, football coaches are going over the top to try to make sure all this equipment is sanitized and things like that. It's unbelievable what you watch them have to do right now. That said, Jarvis Edison said, I can't do both. So they gave him basically a year's sabbatical to go take care of his education requirements. 
and Justin Kinsey has stepped up as the new football coach at Riley. Very interesting fellow. Big article by Tom Noy today in the South Bend Tribune. I would suggest you read it and learn more about Justin Kinsey. And Justin Kinsey is not a guy that's afraid to think outside the box. So when he found out you can't use the weight room because of the sanitization and and the things that have to be done in there, he and his uncle, who happens to be an assistant coach, Brian Burkhart, former head coach at Marion and Knox, among others, Michigan City as well, uh, went out and got these 36-pound cinder blocks. And they stacked them up over by the storage shed. Each kid has their name. Each player has their name written on a cinder block. You go, you find your cinder block. And that's what they lift weights with before practice. And so we posted some of that video yesterday on both the 46 Sports Twitter and Facebook pages. Commend you for looking at it. But then I got a chance to talk to Justin Kinsey because his ball club, I don't think, has gotten a whole lot of credit in recent years. You know, these seniors, some of them started playing when they were freshmen, and they have helped Riley to its best three-year stretch since the mid to late 90s. 1995 to 1997 was the last time that Riley football was as successful over a three-year period as it is now. So what are the expectations for the Cats Coming into 2020. The defense is going to be, uh, again, I've got so many returning starters from last year and returning contributors from last year. I think everybody's expecting the defense to be sort of the thing that we lean on. A um, lot of great talent, a lot of seniors on that team, uh, a lot of guys that have played a lot of football together, um, and obviously having, having Tyson lead anchor, that is a really good really good situation to be in. The big question most people ask, what about the offensive side of the ball? I'm going to try to keep my uh, try to keep things mum. we got some surprises for people. Uh, it's going to be a whole lot of names that people are not used to hearing, but I think we're going to surprise people with how athletic and explosive we are. For sure. Among the controllables, what are your biggest concerns going on? Yeah, I mean, as far as the things that we can control on a day-in and day-out basis, it's making sure that our guys aren't competing against themselves. Uh, you know, to borrow from P.J. Fleck, we always talk about changing your best. Uh, your goal is not to do your best. It's your best was what you did yesterday. Today is all about changing your best. Um, and it's making sure that the guys are accountable to themselves and accountable to each other. Um, you know, whatever the circumstances are in a regular football season or a pandemic football season, that's one thing that you absolutely can control. You can show up every day and you can have a good work ethic. You can have a positive, positive attitude. You can be a good uh, a good good team player uh those things you can control that i think as long as we have a bunch of guys that are willing to put the team first uh willing to sacrifice and willing to lay it all out there for the brothers um, i think that you know at the end of the day that that'll kind of make up for some of those uncontrollables you had mentioned uh here's a, a young man who's thinking outside the box we discovered this morning he's got a coach podcast yeah you know i think this would be a very interesting adventure to record as he is the interim coach in the middle of a pandemic, and you got the cinder blocks, and he, uh, when I got there yesterday, at we had agreed that we were going to chat at five fifteen because between five and five fifteen, he has to check each individual player in. They have to show up. They get a squirt of hand sanitizer, rub up. He asks them questions. They take a temperature scan. If your temperature scan is okay, you may come in. So, yes, he has to do that for each of the players showing up. And how many players on the Riley football squad? There's probably about 50. So he does that. Then he's got a little wagon with him. 
And in that wagon is a giant thing of sanitizer and different supplies needed to help sanitize things. It was not in that the South Bend football teams were approved to even wear helmets at practice. So the first two days were basically conditioning and walkthroughs and things like that. Uh, they're getting approved for helmets. The coaches will be washing the practice uniforms, sanitizing the shoulder pads, etc. The players are responsible for their knee and hip pads, what's, what's basically called a girdle for a football player, thigh pads. So the players are responsible for that. The coaches basically sanitize everything else each and every day. So I commend players for, I, I can see a young person going, I'm not doing this every day to check in, but they're doing it. They have no choice. Have if no you choice. want to play football, this is what you have to do in 2020. Let's keep those grades up. Let's keep sanitized and clean and healthy. And there, you know, there's still no guarantee. There's no guarantee that the plug doesn't get pulled because it did get pulled last night in Hammond. The city of Hammond, which I believe has four high schools, said we're not playing contact sports in 2020. Now, that has a ripple effect over here because Hammond High School was Washington's opening night opponent mm. and is Clay's week three opponent. So I assume right now, at least, those schools will sit idle in those weeks. In my head notes, I have Laporte. Something going on there? Laporte had a positive COVID test. So they are their football program and their boys' tennis program right now are suspended. On hold. On hold. Rochester has canceled all fall sports, or at least they have sus they have not canceled them. They have suspended them through August 24th. Well, opening night of football season is the 21st, and you have to have 10 practices to play any sport. So if you're not starting practices until August 24th, that pretty much wipes out the first three weeks of the football season plus whatever other sports are going on. So school systems are taking this very seriously. And, I mean, you can understand why. Um, <laughs> I'm sure several lawyers are involved in every corporation to make sure that things are covered. But that's, that's the football saga right now at the college and high school level. Let's talk baseball, because at least they're playing games. And they're playing them really well in Chicago right now. The White Sox have won six in a row. As Ricky Renteria's team is on a hot streak right now, they beat the Brewers for the second night in a row up in Milwaukee last night by a count of 3-2. to two. Lucas Giolito pitched really well, but he fell behind 2 nothing. Sox tied it up in the sixth, and then Jose Abreu with the game-winning hit in the seventh, second straight time that he has contributed to a Sox win. And so Chicago, after a dreadful 1-4 and four start, has rebounded well. They're 7-4, and four, currently in second place in the American League Central behind a red-hot Minnesota team. Meanwhile, on the north side of Chicago, the Cubs uh, were trailing Kansas City 1-0 last night when Jason Hayward stepped to the plate. Here's Jason Hayward. Long pause at the belt. 
And Hayward drives it to deep right. Way back there. It's gone. And the Cubs have the lead. That started a barrage of three homers. Hayward, Jason Kipnis, and Wilson Contreras all go deep. Kyle Hendricks pitches well. Once again, Craig Kimbrell does not. The bullpen hangs on, though, for a 5-4 win over Kansas City. The Cubs are 9-2. The last time they started this hot was 2016 when they won the World Series. I can't remember if we talked about this on the Yak or in the other room. If you want to sit up on the rooftops. We talked about in the other room. Was it the other room? Yeah. If you want to sit up there in a September game of this season, I've seen with my own eyes, $480 per ticket. Per ticket. It's a little thing in economics, Corey, called supply and demand. The supply is extremely limited, and the demand of people wanting to get out and go to a game is very, very high. So both Chicago teams are playing well. The Tigers, they're just not playing because they were supposed to play the Cardinals this week, and as we detailed on the last edition of the Yak, the Cardinals with 13 Positive test over the weekend in Milwaukee. Seven players, six staff members. The good news is the last two days, the Cardinals have tested negative. And so they've been allowed to leave Milwaukee and return to St. Louis. And they are expected to play the Cubs over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in St. Louis. We'll see if that still happens, but that's the expectation right now. And you might say, well, you know, a team coming off a long layoff and they're going to have to replace some players, boy, that should, you know, you wouldn't expect the team to play well. And I don't know if it's because the Miami Marlins were playing Baltimore last night and that helped because the Orioles aren't that good. But the Marlins had to replace, of the 30-man roster that they have, they had to replace 18 players. Corey, they have two pitchers named Josh Smith. One is a left-hander and one is a right-hander. Nevertheless, the Marlins last night beat the Orioles 4 nothing, and I am guessing that Don Mattingly needed those Hello, My Name Is name tags in the dugout so he knew who the heck he was putting in the game. Wait a minute. Didn't we just kick that guy off the mound? No, so we put him back on. Which Josh Smith? <laughs> That'd be an announcer's nightmare. Apparently, those two also pitched together in uh, Pawtucket a few years ago. And my friend Mike Monaco, who has done some, has been the voice of the Pawtucket Red Sox for the last couple of years, uh, he, one of the jobs that he also has, in addition to doing play by play, is he has to write game stories. So he, the game story was Josh Smith saves game for Josh Smith. <laughs> there was a Josh Smith who got the win and the save in the same game. You know who I saw play last night because I was hungry for some sports and I hadn't seen the name or face in a while? Castro. Starlin Castro playing for, uh, I believe, the Washington Nationals these days. Nats and Mets last night. Yeah, he's he's moved around a little bit. It's interesting that Rizzo still plays the Starlin Castro music when he comes up for his first at bat. So the, the Cubs seem to be just having a ton of fun in that dugout. And David Ross has this team... They're loose, but they know what's expected of them. And, you know, when they won a, a walk-off the other day, Javi's yelling six feet, six feet, and they're giving air high tens to each other. But they seem to be having a good time. But as as was noted in the broadcast last night, they 
quoted Ozzie Guillen, the former White Sox manager, fun is winning, winning is fun. <laughs> and it's true. If you're winning, you can have a lot of fun. If you're doing all those hijinks in the dugout and you're losing, you look like a bunch of clowns. Remember that, though, Corey. Fun is winning, winning is fun. Meanwhile, under the NBA bubble... Taco I do not know if LeBron actually had tacos yesterday on Taco Tuesday. Uh, but he did get the Lakers the number one seed in the West a couple of nights ago when they beat Utah 115-108. The story to me under the bubble right now, though, is T.J. Warren. This guy for the Pacers is putting up some incredible numbers. He's a guard, Corey, so he handles the ball a lot. In three games, 119 points scored, one turnover. That's pretty efficient. That's T.J. Warren. They've nicknamed him Mr. Bubble down in Indiana, and he's led the Pacers to three straight wins, and Indiana suddenly looking like a team that might be able to contend for some things in the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee had Pat Connaughton, our buddy from Notre Dame, return yesterday, played 18 minutes, scored eight points, but they lost to Brooklyn uh, by three, which uh, a team the caliber of the Bucks that shouldn't be happening. I get the feeling, though, as you noted the other day, for most of these teams, there's not necessarily a sense of urgency right now. Once the playoffs start, the fun and games will kind of dwindle down, and it'll be a little more serious under the NBA bubble. I watched the first half of the Heat-Celtics game, and I did sense some competition between those two teams, but nothing like you'll see when it gets time to right. kick this bad boy into second gear. Meanwhile, hockey continues tonight with the Blackhawks taking on Edmonton, another late-night game out in Western Canada. That series tied at one game apiece after the Hawks lost on Monday night to Connor McDavid and company by a count of 6-3. McDavid, the young superstar for the Oilers, had a hat trick in that game. Hawks came back and tied it up at 3-3 at one point, but then the Oilers scored two goals in less than a minute, and that was pretty much that. So that series tied at one game apiece, a best of five. There has been one team eliminated from the NHL playoffs already. Carolina beat the Rangers last night 4-1. So the Rangers' trip to the bubble in Canada lasted less than a week. Thanks for playing Dispatch Home. <laughs> Chuck, we've hit the end of the playlist. Good job. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for uh, all those little audio snippets that you got We'll keep an eye out, see if Notre Dame comes up with a football schedule by Friday, and maybe we'll have some more definitive answers about the scene around St. Joe County for football as well. You're on Twitter, right? I am. I'm at 46 Sports. I'm also on Facebook on 46 Sports. Uh, sports Yak has a Twitter account, so if it's sports-related or a new GIF that I've created of Chuck, that's where you'll find it. Why? Why do you torture me with those? I thought yesterday's scissor move was... Fantastic. Speaking of scissor move, last night there was a lull in the baseball game and the basketball game. And in between there on FS1, would that be Fox Sports 1? Yes. I entertained my son with the 1992 SummerSlam featuring Sensational Sherry and Shawn Michaels versus The Model. I don't even remember The Model. He was horrible. But Shawn Michaels was beefy, 
and that <laughs> mullet was perfection. Well, I'm sure it was. Yes. We lasted three minutes. <laughs> He's like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. No, 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 son. No, son. This is called the 90s. <laughs> this is sports entertainment. Well, they were very clear about that. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Catfish Hunter. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. The Sports Yak Podcast with Chuck Freebie and Corey Mann. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit the archives for previous coach and athlete interviews. Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.